Awesome. Well, here we are, and we're finishing up the Spirit series, and I have so loved this. I have so loved focusing on the Holy Spirit for six weeks. It has changed me. It has challenged me. It's given me so much of a a more hunger for the Holy Spirit, a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit, deeper dependence on the Holy Spirit. And so I hope you've been challenged and encouraged. And um, I don't know if you're anything like me. I really like to know where sayings come from. Like, I don't know about you, like my dad especially, he's a great guy, he's actually a pastor out in Port Jaff, but he always has these sayings, and he'll say something, and I always think to myself, like, where did that come from? Like, where do you even get that, you know? And like, now I say it, and my wife laughs at me, she's like, you're turning to your dad, you know? I like to grow about a foot, he's 6'8", but anyway, um, and so... Uh, I, I, I was thinking about this, and, and so I, lo- I like to look into the sayings and, and what they mean and where they come from, you know, uh, like backseat driver. You know, I just wanted you to know the, the true source of where that actually comes from. So I have a definition here up on the screen of what backseat driver actually. <laughs> oh, that is my wife, Kelly. Um, and uh, she's an awesome woman. But I'll tell you this. And Joey said this a few weeks ago when he spoke, you know, I'm not the greatest driver, okay? So we're a little bit mismatched on that level in our relationship. But I kind of joke with Kelly because um, there's this handle up above her head. And uh, any single time I start to, you know, she, she reaches up for that. I know I'm going too fast or haven't braked soon enough or whatever it might be. And I call that thing the Kelly bar. She's just reaching for the Kelly bar up there, you know? And so... Um, I, I, I always joke about her with that and she, you know, she's getting there and I'm trying to learn how to just drive a little bit better, you know, but so that, that's backseat driver is just somebody who sits, you know, in another part of the car and just tells you, you know, move, get into that lane, stop, you're getting too close, you're not going fast enough, whatever it might be. Uh, my mom, when she was teaching me how to drive as a, as a kid, she used to step her foot, like she's in the passenger seat, she used to step her foot on the ground as if she had a brake, like it was a driver's ed car, you know, like mom, this is like an old school station wagon, you know, there's no brake over there, so um, another one is, um, oh wow, what's the other one? I, I'm, I'm blanking on, uh, oh yeah, that's right, he doesn't hold a candle to him, have you ever heard somebody say that? He doesn't hold a candle to him, you know? It's like somebody's talking about, you know, a shortstop or somebody in baseball, like, oh, he doesn't hold a candle to Derek Jeter or Jose Reyes or whatever, you know, it's like, you know, go ahead, give Derek Jeter a candle? Like, what, what does that even mean, you know? And, and what it means, it's interesting. So I, I like all this stuff and, and to study this stuff. And so what it means is, is, is hundreds of years ago, before there was electricity, there would be these artists or these craftsmen who were working. And as they would work, they would have somebody else who was an artist or a craftsman but wasn't quite as good, wasn't at their level. And they would sit or stand next to them. And as they're making their masterpiece, here's their kind of apprentice, this guy next to them who would hold the candle for them. So they'd be able to kind of look and work and do their thing and have light, okay? And so when you say to somebody, oh, you don't hold a candle to him, it's like saying you're not even worthy to be the guy standing next to him holding the candle, okay? So that's what that one means, all right? And then the last one I just want to talk about tonight is don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Have have your parents ever said that to you or like your grandparents? And you're just like, that's just scary. Like what does that even mean, you know? Well, here's what it means, all right? Again, back in the day before we have modern plumbing, what they used to do is they used to get basically these big kind of, you know, two uh, tubs, right? And obviously they don't have plumbing, so it can't go out. So they would go out to the creek or whatever and fill up a bucket and they'd fill up, you know, just by handful after handful or bucket load after bucket load of water into this big tub. And then what would happen is every member of the family would bathe in the same water, okay? So you'd have dad, and he'd come in from the fields. He's been out there on the farm all day, and he's all nasty, and he'd jump in. So he gets out, then the mom jumps in, then like junior, then the next junior, then the next junior, and then the baby would go last, okay? And so by the time you're ready to dump the bathwater out, there might be a baby in there you can't see, all right? That's basically what that is. And so what they would say is don't throw the baby out 
with the bathwater. In other words, don't throw out the good with the bad. And I hope, guys, as we've been doing this series on the Holy Spirit, that you've been seeing that maybe there are some weird things said about the Holy Spirit. Maybe there are some weird things done in the Holy Spirit's name. But that we've got to look and say, wait, there's a ton of good here. That Jesus said it'd be better for him to leave so he could send the Holy Spirit. So there is good that you and I can't even fathom that the Holy Spirit has for us. So we can't throw out the Holy Spirit just because maybe we're a little weirded out by a a video we saw on YouTube or a church experience we had when we were a kid or anything like that. I hope that through this series, you've seen the Holy Spirit wants to do great, amazing, beautiful, powerful things in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I've felt that happening. I've felt the Holy Spirit pursuing us throughout these six weeks as we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, as we've been worshiping in a new way, as we've been, you know, expecting new and greater things from God through the Holy Spirit. And so tonight, I want to not tell you something new that the Holy Spirit does. That's what we've been doing this whole series is kind of showing the different hats that the Holy Spirit wears at different times, different roles the Holy Spirit plays. I want to say, all right, we've talked about how he he enables us to overcome sin. Uh, he enables us to preach the gospel. He enables us to uh, use spiritual gifts and all these awesome things. Tonight, rather than tell you something new, I simply want to inspire you to pursue the Holy Spirit. Because in, in six months, this message could just be, okay, we did a spirit series and it was good or it was okay or I didn't get anything out of it or I don't know what your experience has been. But my hope and my prayer is that at the end of these six weeks, we don't just say, okay, that series is over and now we're starting a new one next week. I hope that we will say, all right, we know this now. We know the Holy Spirit wants to do great and beautiful and amazing things. So now it's time to pursue the Holy Spirit. It's time to develop this relationship. It's time to make sure that all these messages we've done aren't just information but they turn into life change. They turn into a deeper, closer relationship with the Holy Spirit. So that's my heart for tonight, that you and I would just leave here hungry and ready. I'll tell you, the six o'clock service responded at the end of the service. They, they worshiped like they wanted more of the Holy Spirit. And I hope tonight we'll leave worshiping, we'll leave praying, we'll leave and wake up tomorrow morning ready for more of the Holy Spirit in our personal lives and as a church. Tonight, we're going to see that if we don't take this seriously, that we'll miss out on some incredible things that, guess what, every single one of us in this room want. Every single one of us in this room want the things we're we're going to talk about tonight, and there's only one way of having these things. It's through this relationship with the Holy Spirit. Even if you're not a Christian, this might surprise you, you're going to want some of the things that we're going to talk about tonight that the Holy Spirit does. Maybe you're just weirded out by the Holy Spirit. You don't get it. You don't even know about Jesus or any of this stuff. But you know what? Tonight, I think you're going to see that the Holy Spirit wants to do some things in your life that you would love to have done in your life. And it comes through this relationship with God and pursuing the Holy Spirit. I want to challenge us and inspire us because I don't know if you've ever done something in your life or you've had an opportunity to do something in your life and instead of pursuing it, you just sat back and just kind of let it go on by. You know, like the, the, the one example I could think of is, is everybody I know. Everybody I know. I say, hey, are, are you musical at all? They're like, well, I played piano when I was a kid, but I stopped. And then what, do they, what does everybody say? 
I wish I had kept playing, right? Everybody says that. I, I, I hated it at the time, but man, as I look back, I, my mom was cramming the lessons down my throat. I didn't want to do it. The old piano teacher lady smelled weird, and I just didn't want to go anymore, you know, whatever it was. But you know what? I wish I hadn't stopped, you know? And here's what, I, I don't want us in, in 10 years to look back and say, man, we did that series in there in 2011. I wish I had pursued the Holy Spirit more. I wish I'd just gone for it. I wish I hadn't sat back. I wish I hadn't just kind of had my, my, my hands up a little bit, you know, freaked out or scared or worried about it. I, I wish I'd truly just gone after the Holy Spirit. Here's what I hope happens. I, look, we, I pray we, we look back in 10 years and we say, man, thank God I pursued the Holy Spirit like I did because here's something I would have missed out on and here's something I would have missed out on and every one of us will have our own story of incredible things that happened because we pursued the Holy Spirit. I think of my relationship with my wife. Um, some of you guys know that about 12 years ago, I was this 21-year-old single guy, dated around and broke many hearts. And, uh, no, and, uh, and here I am, and I just wanted to find my wife. I mean, I just, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, some of you guys are here like, oh, please, I don't be married until I'm like 40, you know. But I, I just, I wanted to be married young. I, I don't know what it was. And like, something maybe God put in my heart or whatever. I don't know. And so here I'm 21. And I, I, I literally um, was sitting up with my best friend, uh, Seth. And, and we're talking. And, and we're talking about just like how awesome it's going to be when we find our wives and all this. And, and little did I know that he was going to marry my sister who was upstairs in the room. Uh, you know, a few, that's a little weird. Anyway, uh, so I, uh. I, you know, I remember this and, and, and then I, I have this dream this night. Okay. And I'm not saying like, oh, wow, let's get all weirded out by a dream. And oh, this was God. It may have been, I don't know. Maybe I just, just dreamt about it, but it, it's pretty cool how it all worked out. So I have this dream about my wife when we, we were younger. She, I, I've known her since fourth grade. So, uh, she was playing drums, uh, in my dream. She was wearing her school uniform, uniform, you know? And so I wake up, I'm like, she doesn't play drums, you know? And I'm sure she's burned the school uniform by now. And, and so, here I am, and it's, I remember it was a Friday, or it was a Thursday, rather, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, what do I do? Do I, I don't know, I just feel like calling her. That'd be kind of funny. I just call her. I mean, no expectation whatsoever. Hadn't talked to her probably a year or two. No expectation. So I call her up, and I say, hey, I had this weird dream. And, you know, the fact that she stayed on the phone with me was probably a good thing, because it was so weird. And so then, as we're talking, there's just something in me, like, yeah, this is kind of cool, you know? Like, this is, this is a good conversation. So I said, hey, do you want to come over and hang out? We're going to have some friends over tomorrow you come and hang out and so she sure i'll come over so she came over and then that night i remember she's about to leave and i remember thinking to myself i think i'm going to pursue this hot chick man I mean, you know and so i just remember this this pursuit and so i said you know um sunday nights i work out of church out in new jersey and i tried to make her feel bad for me i'm like man it's like two hour drive i'm just kind of like by myself so if somebody wants to come you know and, and so i invited her and she ended up coming and so we just have these, you know, four hours and we're talking in the car and then we get home and I'm like, hey, Tuesday, this is going on, you know, and there's this constant just pursuit in my heart toward her, you know, and, and, and here we are 11 years later, it's been 11 years of backseat drive, I mean, marital bliss, um, and uh, here we are, and, and the truth is, guys, as I look back, I see that I'm so glad I pursued her, I'm so glad it wasn't just like, oh, that was a weird dream last night, you know. I'm so glad I, I didn't just call her and then say, oh, well, it was good talking. I'm so glad that I 
pursued her and I went after because here we are three kids later where where you know God's using us together to, to u- be used in this ministry and uh, I mean just all the things and, and honestly I, I busted on her a lot tonight but she's an amazing woman uh, most amazing woman I've met and and just loves God and I'm so blessed and thankful that I can look back and say I can't imagine what I would have missed out on if I hadn't pursued her and I think guys that in 10 years if we could look back and say, man, I'm so glad we did that spirit series. I'm so glad that we as a church pursued the Holy Spirit because we would have missed out on that miracle and that healing and that person's salvation and that incredible act of God and this way that we learn to hear his voice and respond. And I mean, just all the things that he wants to do. We are full of potential tonight. And so I want to talk with you guys about this desire for more. This, this pursuit of the Holy Spirit, this hunger for more of the Holy Spirit. Because some of us, if we're honest tonight, would say, I already have some of the Holy Spirit, and I'm kind of good where I am. Right? Some of us in the room are thinking, all right, I know what Scripture says. I got saved, and, and when I got saved, then the Holy Spirit was put in me. So I'm just good. I'm just good. Well, I want you to see tonight, through Scripture, and through specifically the lives of the disciples, how awesome it is that they didn't just stop at one encounter with the Holy Spirit, but that they were continually open to more and more filling of the Holy Spirit. And so let's talk tonight. We're going to jump around a little bit. We're going to be in John 20 to start, and then we're going to be Acts 2 and Acts 4. Okay? So John chapter 20, verse 19. Here's what's going on just to set the scene. Jesus has been crucified, has risen from the dead, and his followers are scared to death and hiding in a room somewhere with the doors locked because they don't know if he actually is alive. They don't know if the same people that killed him are going to come kill them. And here's what happens. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. You see, when you are publicly killed and then you rise back from the dead, you have to tell the people you're currently talking to, peace be with you a few times before they get it, all right? (laughs) As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Now listen to what happens in verse 22. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So here's this first encounter that the disciples, Peter, John, all these guys that we're going to read about even a little bit later, they have this encounter with the Holy Spirit. And it's almost like you know, Holy Spirit 101 right here. It's kind of like God breathes on them. And it's kind of cool that he like breathes on them because it's kind of like what he does in Genesis. He breathes into Adam and Eve and gives them life. Could it be that as he breathes into Peter and John and the other disciples and apostles that he's giving them spiritual life, that he's breathing his presence into them? And, And what's powerful here is that like many of us in the room, they could all say, we have the Holy Spirit. We're good. What more do we need? But Jesus tells them later, he says, all right, I want you to wait. And we we studied this a few weeks ago. I want you to wait until you are clothed with power from on high. That's the next encounter we're going to read about. So Acts chapter 2 says this, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, talking about the same guys Jesus had already breathed the Holy Spirit into. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled 
with the Holy Spirit. So they had already received the Holy Spirit. And here they are together, praying, ready for God, hungry for more. And the Holy Spirit comes and fills them in a new way. And guys, my prayer for us is that we will not be a church of people who have had one encounter with the Holy Spirit and were satisfied. My prayer is, is that we would continually be hungry. We would continually pursue the Holy Spirit. That we'd be open to whatever He has for us. That we would be ready. That there would be just an anxiousness in our heart. I, I want to know you more. I want to be closer. I want to know how to hear your voice more clearly. I want my spiritual gifts to be used more. I, I just want the Holy Spirit and whatever the Holy Spirit has for me. And that's where these guys were. And what we're going to find out that they would have missed out on had they not been open to the Holy Spirit, had they said that first encounter was enough, what they would have missed out on is power. They would have missed out on the power of the Holy Spirit. And guys, let's just be honest. Here we are, 2011, American Christians. Wouldn't we say together that if there's something we're missing, it's the power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. For some of us, we feel like it's the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome sin struggles. For others of us, we feel like it's the power of the Holy Spirit through spiritual gifts. Some, some of us, we feel like it's the power of the Holy Spirit in our prayer life. Some of us feel like it's the power of the Holy Spirit in our understanding Scripture. We look at the book and we're like, I don't get it. Might as well still be in Greek and Hebrew because I'm getting nothing out of this. Could it be, guys, that without realizing it, we've said, I've got my fill of the Holy Spirit. I'm good. And what the Holy Spirit offers us is the power of God in all these areas that we desire. And so let's see what happens here in the, in the in this same story. The Holy Spirit comes. They hear the wind, the fire, and the whole deal. Verse 5 says, and we studied this a little bit last week. We're going to go a little beyond it. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, uh, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Persia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonder of God in our own tongues. So here are these guys from all around the world. And they're all hearing from these men who don't know how to speak any of these languages. The truths of God. The power of God. So here the Holy Spirit comes and there's an incredible encounter with God. Now verse 12 and 13. We have to talk about a little bit as we go through this. It's slightly off topic, but it's, if you view this whole series as one message, it's on topic. So verse 12 says this, Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? And some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. They've had too much wine. Right? So somebody, somebody's like, Yo, here are these guys. They're speaking all these weird languages. I mean, you've got to figure the other Jews that are in the area aren't understanding any of this. Right? And those that were supposed to hear and understand were hearing and understanding. And so some of the Jews that knew Peter and John, maybe, you know, back from their fishermen days, were like, Look, they're already drunk, these guys, you know? And I just want to just say real quick, because there's this idea out there, and we, we, guys, we've got to do everything biblically. There's this idea out there of being drunk in the Spirit. Everybody says, oh, look, Peter and John, all them, they were drunk in the Spirit. 
right? And you've probably seen the YouTube videos about this, okay? And the reality is, is they're not drunk in the spirit. They were accused of being drunk because God was doing something supernatural. And this, it was this gift that we talked about last week, this human language tongue gift that God was using in the moment, okay? But they weren't drunk in the spirit. They weren't drunk on wine because you're about to see Peter's answer. If they were drunk in the spirit or if they were drunk in wine, he would have just said, that's right, man, we're drunk. We're living it up either in the spirit or just having fun, whatever it is, and just kind of drooled and went on, right? But instead, this is what he says, completely sober, not like out of control, not acting like he's lost his mind. Look what he says in verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. See, if you're drunk, you can't explain anything, okay? Just want you to know that, all right? Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning, right? It's like, even for you Jews, he's probably saying, that's early. You know what I'm saying? I mean, even these Galileans, right? I mean, come on, right? These Gentiles, okay? He says this, verse 16. No, no. He's going, no, no, we're not drunk on the spirit or on wine. Totally sane here. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days and they'll prophesy. Peter's going, look, something awesome is happening here. Something exciting, something life-changing is happening. See, the prophecies that were given hundreds of years ago are coming true. God's spirit is being poured out and supernatural things are happening. Power has come. So the disciples have encountered the Holy Spirit when Jesus breathed it on them. And then they've encountered it in a fresh way here. And this is called the day of Pentecost. Now let's look at Acts chapter 4. Since that time, the day of Pentecost, they've been arrested, beaten, kept in jail for a while, and then released and told not to preach anymore. Look at their response. Acts 4, 29. They're they're together with the other Christians praying. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So what happened here? They're filled by the Holy Spirit again and power comes with it again. You see how important it is to have a continual relationship with the Holy Spirit. You see how important it is to pursue the Holy Spirit and to ask God for these fresh encounters. We studied this chapter about six months ago or so, maybe a little longer. But those of you guys around, I gave you guys that card that night. Those six things to pray for. Because it was that time as the Holy Spirit filled them that those six things came true of them. If you remember that message. They asked That God would do miracles and that they'd speak boldly. And they got more of the Holy Spirit, boldness, unity, generosity, miracles, and salvation. Guys, if we want to see boldness in our lives, to be able to tell people about Jesus, our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends at school, if we want unity in our church, if we want generosity to be people that are generous with what we have and are broken for what's going on around the world. And so we're giving and sacrificing for Love 146 and to send Seth to Central Asia. If we want these things, if we want miracles, like the Bible talks about, if we want to see people saved, then there's one way of getting there. It's deepening our relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
It's praying in the Holy Spirit. It's expecting more from the Holy Spirit. And so I don't want us to think, oh, wow, okay, we did this message on the Spirit and we learned about these different things the Spirit does. I want us to leave as people who are saying, Spirit, more. More Holy Spirit, more salvation. We want to see the lost come to know Jesus. More miracles. We want to see the spiritual gifts every single time we gather. We want to be using the spiritual gifts out at school, at at work, in our neighborhood. How awesome to be talking to a neighbor and suddenly God drops a word of knowledge in your heart and you can just minister to him on your lawn. How powerful. There's only one way. It's if we pursue the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you tonight and tell you something that's great news. The weight's not on your shoulders because the truth is the Holy Spirit's pursuing you. The Holy Spirit desires a deeper relationship with you. And so yes, we have some responsibility to pursue back and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I want you to know tonight that the Holy Spirit wants a relationship with you more than you want with him. Like if you're here tonight, like, oh no, I'm, I'm nervous. I don't know how to, how to do this. I don't know how to get there. I don't know what to do or what the right words are. Or what the, You know what? The Holy Spirit is actively after you and me. And so he will continue his work in us and we will continue to grow in him. And so I want you to see tonight that even if you're not a Christian, you want the things the Holy Spirit gives. Some of you tonight are saying, I would believe in Jesus if I could just see a miracle. You know who's going to make that happen here and now? The Holy Spirit. Some of you guys are going, man, you're talking about unity, and I've been just full of strife my whole life. I've been you know, cast out by groups and family, and I would love unity and, and to know love within a, a friend group. And, and man, uh, that would be amazing to me if I could just experience some of that. True love and unity. The Holy Spirit produces that. And so even if you're not a Christian, even if you're, you've been a Christian your whole life, we all want what the Spirit gives. So let's pursue the Spirit together. I'm glad Peter and John didn't say, I've had enough. I've already experienced the Holy Spirit. I'm good. I'm glad they kept saying, I want more. And so tonight, what I want you guys to know is that the Holy Spirit wants to fill us continually. Wants to fill us over and over and over and over. He wants to help us live what we studied about. I think it was week one or week two, living in step by the Spirit. And I've been saying this all series long. The Holy Spirit is not for superhero Christians. The Holy Spirit is not for, you know, pastors and missionaries and professors. And the Holy Spirit is for you and I, everyday Christians. That is Christianity. It's to walk by the Spirit. It's to know God's Spirit. And to begin to see Him do these things in our lives that we're talking about tonight. So what do I want you to do? Two things. The first one I've been saying through the whole message. I want you to pursue the Holy Spirit. I want you to pray, Holy Spirit, would you fill me in a new way? Would you let your power be seen in my life? Would you let me be what you want me to be? Would you let the result of my intimacy with you, Holy Spirit, be boldness and unity and generosity and miracles and and helping people come to Christ? Would you just show up? So I want you to pursue the Spirit. I don't know about you, but for me, in this six-week series, I have so much more begun to pray to the Spirit. Begun to pray to the Holy Spirit instead of just Jesus and the Father or just generally saying God or Lord. I've so much more begun to pray 
Holy Spirit, I am dependent on you. Holy Spirit, I want my neighbors to know you. Would you invade this neighborhood? Would you, would you touch this area? Would you do great things? Would you unify our church? Would you intensify the gifts of the Spirit? Holy Spirit, I need you. I've begun to, like we talked about last week, pray in the Spirit more. My wife has too. Yeah, just pray and depend on the Spirit. And so would you pursue the Spirit of God? Would you go for it? Would you not sit back? So that in 10 years, you can look back and say, I'm so glad I went with all my heart because if I hadn't, I would have missed all these amazing things that God wanted to do in my life. The second thing I want you to do goes right along with the first. The second thing is this. If you're going to pursue the Holy Spirit, then you have to be willing, I think, because we're busy 2011 Americans. You're going to have to be willing to pursue other things less. If you're going to pursue the Spirit, you're going to have to pursue some other things less. After the 6 o'clock, Matt Peterson pulled me aside and said, Hey, I was just thinking about, as you were talking about, how Jesus, he's got all these crowds around him all the time, and how he would always, you know, go away. And it's cool, I was just reading this this week in, in the book of Mark. He would go away and he would spend time with God. He would get away from it and he would spend time with God. He, I mean, you talk about the guy who could have been the busiest on planet earth, but here he is saying, I'm going to step aside. I'm going to remove myself. I could be pursuing people. I could be healing people now. I could be telling them about what I'm about to do on earth, but no, I'm going to remove myself and pursue that intimacy and relationship that I need so that I can go back out and live the life that I'm supposed to live. And so I want to challenge you in some ways tonight. And we don't always like to hear this stuff, but I need this challenge too. I want to challenge you that if you're going to pursue the Holy Spirit, we need to take inventory of our lives, the day-to-day, and say, okay, what do I need to pursue less so I can pursue Him more? Because the truth is, is most of us don't just, we just don't have time to pursue the Holy Spirit the way that we're living right now. And so I just challenge you, as I challenge myself what is it? Some of us just need to go Facebook. Facebook, it's been real. No, it's been completely superficial, to be honest, actually. But <laughs> Facebook, uh, we're done. Or it sounds like you're breaking up with a person. I'm sorry, we're done. We're going <laughs> to have to end this relationship. Uh, or maybe we're, we're taking a little break. Or maybe we're going to just lessen the time. I mean, if we're honest, there are those of us in here who will pursue Facebook way more than God. Isn't that true? Some of us, we need to... Uh, say, I know Call of Duty coming out this, you know, is it this week or the next, right? Oh, wrong game. Okay. Um, I'm really old. I'm old. I don't know how to play video games. It's something. All right. It's coming out soon. And uh, trust me, there's a video game coming out sometime soon. Don't worry. All right. But it's just simply going, uh, I'm, I'm, I have a side business in marketing. So, um, But for some of us, it's just simply saying, you know what? I, I just, I got to pursue God. I'm not telling you not to get it. I'm just saying that maybe when the thing does come out at some point or the other, that you just simply say, all right, I'm going to lessen this so that I can pursue God. You know, I mean, the, the thing in my own life that I've been very honest with you guys about was, was TV. And uh, 15 months ago, it was realizing that I spent too much time watching TV. And I'm not like a TV, TV guy. Like I'm a movie guy and I like sports and stuff like that. And, and just realizing like, okay, this is really rivaling my relationship with God. I, I wasn't pursuing it more than I was pursuing God, but I, it, was, it was close. And I just need to get to the point. And I just, I took this epic TV I had and I just sold it on Craigslist. And I said, I'm going to pursue 
the Spirit. And I, I took those months and I just broke that habit. And I cut my TV viewing in half and I, I learned what it is to remain in Jesus. I, I learned what it is to walk step by step with Jesus during that time. And, and as I grew in God and as I got closer, I knew that thing was broken. And so I enjoy a nice TV again today and I own it. It doesn't own me. But I knew I had to lessen that time. I had to pursue the Spirit. And so I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's your, it's your GPA. Some of you guys are, are pursuing a grade point average more than the Holy Spirit. Some of you guys are, are pursuing a certain work ethic or a certain paycheck more than the Holy Spirit. And guys, I'm with you. We, we all can struggle with this. You know, I, I had one of the busiest weeks I've had forever this past week. I was literally up in the ceiling with Andrew and Steve running electrical cables. I was, it was Kelly's birthday. We were at another birthday party. My son's first soccer games. I'm redoing our living room. I'm spackling. I'm painting. I'm moving furniture. I'm, I mean, this was just an absolutely insane week. But I can tell you by God's grace, and because I, I really believe because I took that big break from all that TV garbage where normally I would have just sat down and just at the end of it all just said, oh, well, God understands it's a busy week. Just I, I, by God's grace, I was able to pursue the Holy Spirit through it. And there were times I felt like sitting down and just watching the Mets game, not like my cheering would help them now. But uh, you know what? And I just said, you know, maybe I'll catch the end of it, but I got to pursue the Spirit. I got to be about that first. And I'll tell you, guys, it's in those times that you come alive. I'm walking out, man, there's a nice breeze out. It's getting chilly out. There's, you know, the leaves are blowing. I'm looking up and I'm seeing the stars and I'm seeing the moon. And I'm just like, this is what brings me to life. It's this intimacy. It's this relationship with God. And so I don't know what it is for you, but I would just challenge you. I'd say, first, pursue the Spirit. And second, you might, to do that, you might have to lessen how much you pursue other things. But it's so worth it. There will be nothing like in 10 years looking back and saying, I'm so glad I pursued the Holy Spirit. I mean, I like a good movie. A good movie never healed me physically, but God has. You know, I enjoy sports. I enjoy playing sports. I enjoy friends. I enjoy work. I love what I do here. I, you know, I mean, I, I can work. I can get, become an overworker too. But you know what? None of those things ever gave me peace or satisfaction or lasting joy. God's spirit does those things. And so I just challenge you, wherever you're at, whatever it is you're looking for, that there is a Holy Spirit that wants to be pursued by you. He's already pursuing you, but he wants you to pursue him back because it's a relationship. And so I would challenge you, whatever it looks like in your life, some of you guys are already doing this. Just keep going. I mean, Peter and John were already doing this and they said, but we want more. We're ready for more. We're ready to walk more in step with the Holy Spirit. And so I don't know what kind of time you got to carve out of your day. I also want to encourage you to, like we were talking about a few weeks ago, to walk in step with the Spirit all throughout your day. So I'm up here running these electrical lines with these guys in the ceiling this week. And, and you know what? There are times I'm praying because I was a little scared. Uh, I almost came through the ceiling right up there actually once. You know, but I'm at Cade's soccer game on Saturday morning. And I'm, there are moments where I'm praying. And I'm in connection with God. I'm, I'm at a birthday party yesterday, and there are moments I'm in connection with God. And it's, that's the beauty of it, is this relationship is, it's all day. And so I think for some of us, we need to 
carve out time and say, I'm going to pursue you, Holy Spirit. And then I'll get to Facebook. And then I'll get to TV. And I'll get to whenever that video game comes out. And, and others of us, we need to begin to say, all right, Holy Spirit, I don't want it just to be about that time I carve out. I want it to be about the moment by moment as I'm walking through the halls at school, as I'm driving home from collision tonight, as I'm at the diner later, whatever it might be for you, that we be connected with the Holy Spirit. He wants to fill us continually. Let's pray. God, we're undeserving and we're blessed that the Holy Spirit is pursuing us tonight. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for continuing this work, God. Thank you for what you're doing in us as a church. We feel the Holy Spirit doing some really cool things, drawing us nearer. And God, tonight we ask that you'll help us. We, we, we pray first. As Christians together, we pray, help us pursue you, Spirit of God. You're the one who will enable us to pursue you. And so please, Holy Spirit, we rely on you even to pursue you. And so help us. I pray for people tonight that have felt stuck in their relationship with God and felt like they can't move forward. Like they don't know how to pursue you. Like, like the scripture doesn't make any sense to them. Prayer feels dry to them. feels like it doesn't do anything. It bounces off the ceiling and comes back. Worship feels empty. Holy Spirit, just let that freedom come tonight. Like we sung about earlier, to break those chains. Because your freedom is here. If you're a Christian, would you spend a minute with God and would you just say to the Holy Spirit, I want to pursue you. Enable me to pursue you. And secondly, would you take inventory of your life? And would you say, what are the things I need to pursue less so I can pursue the Spirit more? What do I need to just maybe sell? Or maybe just pack it up in the garage and leave it in there for a month. Or what do I need to still maybe enjoy but use it less so I can pursue the Holy Spirit? God, help us. Help us to become men and women in this room who walk in step with the Spirit. If you're not a Christian tonight, these things I'm talking about, peace and joy and love and unity and miracles and healing, it all comes through the Holy Spirit. And Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. And when you have a relationship with Him, He puts his Holy Spirit inside you. And if you're skeptical, I get it, but I can just tell you that you're looking at a room full of people who used to be one way and are now another. Not perfectly, but genuinely. And it's because of the Holy Spirit. You can't argue with life change. And God's done that in so many here. And so if you're not a Christian tonight and you want to begin this relationship with Him, I would love for you to just begin a conversation with God tonight and ask Jesus to be your savior and invite the Holy Spirit into your life. So you can just say something like this. Jesus, thank you for dying for me and rising from the dead. I put my faith in you as God and savior. And Holy Spirit, I open up my life to you and I ask that you'll help me to pursue you. And I ask that you will fill me continually. Amen.